So Brad, I want to talk to you today about the Pokemon theme song. Uh, you got a minute for the Pokemon theme song? <laughs> I, I've always got a minute for the Pokemon <laughs> theme song. So I realized because Pokemon is very big in my house at the moment, and this song gets sung a lot, or the theme song gets heard a lot, and so it's bouncing around my head. Yeah. And I realized that there is a secondary message embedded in the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> and I'm message. not. I'm not sure if it's the theme song writer or if it is Ash Ketchum himself. Uh, who has this almost subliminal? Uh, subliminal. Subliminal. Sub, uh, yes, I can speak. Subliminal. See, I did it again. Subliminal. All right, All right Erica, don't step in. He's got to learn it himself. <laughs> oh, oh, I have been hoisted by my own petard. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's uh, like this secret. Sa- uh, and so can I? Can I read? Can I read the the lyrics to you? Yes, yeah, and you I want tell you to me sing the you, lyrics to me. Are you reading? No. You I tell want, me I'm... when you spot the moment where it sounds like Ash Ketchum is sure he's ready to fight Pokemon, but also he's desperate to have a pal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready so, for this. So okay, here we go. I'm not gonna sing it, but I, I'll do the first line so you remember it. I wanna be the very best, right? Okay, so here we go. Okay. I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause, right? Like this is the oh, primary yeah. thing this in is, Ash Ketchum's life. Yeah, this is a big, mo- swelling moment. Yeah, he's ready to go. You yeah. know, uh, so I will travel across the land, Brad, searching far and wide. Teaching Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. All right, so we're still focused on on being a Pokemon master. All right, so here we go into the chorus. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. It's you and me. I know it's my destiny. Pokemon, oh, you're my best friend in a world we must defend. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. A heart so true. Our Pokemon will pull us through. You teach me and I'll teach you. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. So every challenge along the way with courage I will face. I will battle every day to claim my rightful place. Come with me, the time is right. There's no better team. Arm in arm will win the fight. Arm in arm will win the fight. That's It's so funny once you realize this, the Pokemon theme song is like, ostensibly it's all about like, hey Brad, let's go Pokemon battle. We're going to fight these Pokemon. We're going to win it. And that's also like, hey, you seem really nice. You want to hang out a little bit? I'm kind of lonely here in, in the Alola lands here in Pokemon land. <laughs> it's like if you would have if you would have done a mashup between the Battle Hymn of the Republic and Stuart Smiley singing, uh, I, I'm good enough, I'm okay enough, and people dog on it, they like me. Oh my God, it's just so funny when you when you when you. I want everybody to listen to it again. Like, go ahead and YouTube, play it again. And, like, listen to, like, the striking tones of, like, yeah, we're Pokemon battling. And then realize in the background is also a desperate cry for help from Ash Ketchum, (laughs) who just wants a friend. He's like, dear God, can we go to Pizza Hut and just hang out for a little bit? I just want to drink out of the red plastic glasses just just for a little while. Come on. I am so lonely. Please invite me to your birthday party. I just just want a pal. My mom buys good gifts. That's that's what I always told people in in fourth grade. I you know it, 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 I'm sure you're having a birthday soon. I just want you to know my mom gives good gifts. I can you please come over and play Sega Genesis with me? I just want a friend. Just just one time, just just for a little while. Listen, nobody's got to know. Nobody's got to <laughs> know you're coming no out one, the house. No, we won't tell anybody at school. Just come for our sleepover. Just, We're gonna have yeah, such fun. We're gonna have. I've got the Godzilla that shoots his fist. It's it's gonna be a fantastic. Oh, I've got time. Legos out the yin yang, mom yeah. and dad, because I'm an only kid. I've got so many Legos. Please be my friend. <laughs> I don't have a sibling. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my goodness. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about fighting Pokemon, about friendship, and about making comics. And about making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, editor of webcomics.com and the creator of Evil Inc. And in what I can only describe as a desperate hope, I'm his friend, Dave Kellett, the cartoonist of Driving Sheldon and the co-director of Stripped. Uh, wait and see. It's going to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So Dave, Dave, let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend. Uh, so there's a pretty exciting thing that we're doing for comic lab uh, this week that is both fun for everybody and also an instructive thing that Brad and I are trying for the first time. And that is we are running a quick starter. That's right. Quick starter, not a Kickstarter. Yeah. These are short Kickstarters that are designed sure. to do a very simple, quick, fun little project uh, without, you know, it's not earth shattering. It's not earth moving, uh, but There's it's a fun little thing. about it. Exactly. It's a fun little thing to do. And in this case, Brad, you want to tell everybody what we're, well, we're quick starting as the as a podcast? You know, we've been talking about this a lot on the show. And uh, I guess I guess the, the best way to say this, the best way to line this up is that, you know, uh, comics artists are a community. We're, we're, we're a village. I, I like to think when I think of comics artists, I like to think of, of all of us standing out, uh, holding hands, yeah. uh, across, across the entire planet. If you really want to get down to it, people that people that are supporting each other, people that are, are, are pulling for each other. Uh, who have a shared a love? Who have a, sh- a shared love of the art form? Yes. Where the money doesn't matter. No. The, ma- the no. business aspect of it matters. No, it's not about matter. that. You know what it's about, Dave? What it's, what it's about? about. It, it's about family. It's about, about family. It's about the family that you're that 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 you develop. That 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 those bonds that. And that's why get we've right in your as, heart. we've established a very specific and helpful URL to yes. show yes. that this is about friendship and about making pals and working together as a community. And that URL is comiclabcashgrab.com. That's right. That's right. Comiclabcashgrab.com. <laughs> this is your this is your opportunity to be involved in the Comic Lab Cash Grab. Now listen. <laughs> We've got something that we think you're going to be really excited about, uh, and what it is is we know that one of the things you're, that you're having trouble with is that you like maybe like uh, some of us here on the show keep forgetting what the four C's of social media is. That's right. And, that's right. And so we've developed using uh, only the latest technology uh, a, a magnet that you can put up in your studio to remind you what the four C's of social media are. And I don't want to say that it's like a groundbreaking magnetic technology, but it's groundbreaking magnetic technology. Like this is <laughs> the really top, is. this is the top form of magnetics that are being used today in the oh, industry. Yeah. And so what it is, is it is Dr. Geiger's four C's of social media. <laughs> now, if you remember, this is an often discussed topic on this show because Brad can never remember what the damn four C's <laughs> Of, of social media are like I think at one point he made one of the four C's cremation, which is to burn a dead body. Was one of them. That is that is true. I was I was under a lot of pressure that day. Uh, uh, Dave's uh, uh, Dave's assistant Beth uh, did a beautiful like woodcut looking uh, kind portrait. of Victorian Edwardian looking woodcut thing. Yeah, yeah. like if, if if somebody rolled up uh, selling you snake oil, this would be painted on the side of their wagon. Uh, Dr. Geiger's four C's of social media. And of course, it reminds you what those four C's are. Creation, curation, commercial, 
and of course, kindness. The four, <laughs> c- <laughs> the four C's of social media. And if, uh, now, just as a reminder, because uh, we want this to be about friendship and community, you can find this over at comiclabcashgrab.com. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right, URL. because we're all in this together. <laughs> That's right. But That's some of right. us need to give some others of us uh, some money this week. So that, oh it, my is, God. it is a magnet that you can get. <laughs> now, Now we've made this real easy. It's. Uh, I know. Hold on, Brad. I have to comment on this because yes. it, I'm literally turning red in the face. Brad pitched this URL yesterday, and it is delighting me to no end that the inside joke is that the damn URL is just called Comic Lab Cash Grab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's we so wanted stupid. we wanted it's something so that people could easily remember. People can easily remember rhyming schemes. Comic Lab Cash Grab. This is and it. And it <laughs> Oh, my God. But then as soon as Brad pitched it, Brad goes, because it's about community and friendship and love. That's why we're using ComicLabCashGraph.com. So basically, here's you want the truth, here's the truth. We want to do these magnets. Uh, we've got them set up at a $7 reward on our, on our quick starter. That's just going to go for two weeks. Yep. Uh, we've thrown in those enamel pins. If you didn't get an enamel pin during the uh, last, uh, what was it, a special offer we did those uh, for? Patreon, for. yeah. And uh, that's you, two of those enamel pins. You can yep. you get the very beautiful one that says, ask me about my so-so art, mm-hmm. which is delightful at, at comics conventions especially. Uh, and then the Comic Lab pin, which is delightful because it shows the rest of the world that you are a fellow comic labber when you see folks at Comic-Cons. That's right. Uh, or at cartooning uh, meetups. Uh, and so you can either get the magnet for seven, the enamel pins for 20, or the magnet and the enamel pins for 25, all over at ComicLabCashGram.com. <laughs> <laughs> God, it still makes me laugh. ComicLabCashGram. Amazingly enough, that domain was still available. We just, yeah. we just, we snuck that one in under the wire. I feel like, though, the listenership of Comic Lab gets, like, they get it in terms of, like, having a damn URL that says ComicLabCashGram.com. <laughs> this, is, this is Dave's guilt coming out. What Dave? Oh, Oh, saying, absolutely. oh, I hope you get it. I, I oh. really, you know, I don't want you to think this is a cash grab. Listen, listen, like, <laughs> I just want you to, have, I just want to have one of these magnets for myself. So that means you guys got to pitch in. I do too, because it will, honest to God, it will make the show better. I will hang it up in my podcasting closet over here on this metal surface. And yep. then we will eternally know that it's not cremation is not one of the four C's <laughs> of social media. And always that fourth C is kindness. You've got to, you've got to remember that forever is you've got kindness right there and listen because two people have asked for them in the last six months as a super high tier on this uh, quick starter just for funsies and it's kind of awesome uh we also have a level where you can get a video recording for birthdays uh wedding anniversaries uh friendships studio launches bar mitzvahs whatever you want to do yeah uh and so far we've done two of them they've been really fun and you can see an example of one of them on the website so oh, yeah we'll get uh, on that's- we'll get on on video dave and i and we will do uh, a greeting for whatever your situation is. And uh, we're delightful. <laughs> we're absolutely so, delightful. The magnets, the pins, the magnets and pins, or the video greeting all over at comiclabcashgrab.com. Uh, check it out. And Brad, let's jump right into our uh, first question for the week. Absolutely. Having left, having left comiclabcashgrab.com <laughs> in, in, uh, in our, our rear view mirror. Here we go. Hello, Brad and Dave. I'm thinking about the title and the domain name for my new webcomic. It should be easy to understand and memorize and also be available as a .com domain. Absolutely. 
After discarding ideas revolving around word plays that might create ambiguity, mm-hmm. I came to highly appreciate Dave's solution, SheldonComics.com. Using comics as a compound also makes it more likely that the name is still available as a social media handle. Another yeah. approach I considered was using a three-word title. Think of something like Pride and Prejudice. Uh, but I was wondering whether the domain name in this is made in this made-up example should be PrideAndPrejudice.com or PridePrejudice.com, PAPComic.com, uh, PrideAmpersandComic.com, you know, whatever the, the there's obviously 19 different versions mm-hmm. you can do there. So here are my questions. Brad and Dave, what do you consider to be the best practices for choosing a domain name of a humor strip? Two, Dave, why did you decide to use the plural instead of the singular, but no hyphen for SheldonComics.com? And Brad, why did you choose to use a hyphen for evil-comic.com? Yeah. So thanks to you both for inspiring critical thinking about webcomics as an art, as a business. And thank you for sharing your learning and experience on the podcast and over at comiclabcashgrab.com. Well, that's, a, that's nice of them to already know that we were doing that, <laughs> by the way. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that you've got to take into account here when you're looking at a domain name and, uh, and, and the, and the bottom line is there's, a, a, there's a lot less pressure than ever before than it used to be back in the day. Uh, this was a, this was something that was really, really important because it had to be as short as possible and it had to have a dot com. Yes. In the early two thousands, that was, that was it. Uh, th- now that the web has exploded uh, you've got what Dave always refers to as, you know, the theater of the possible. And it's just, it's it's impossible to have that. So you have a lot of uh, comics that are coming out with a domain that says like, uh, you know, fluffythedogcomic.com because already fluffythedog.com has been taken for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And fluffy.com, you know, was gobbled right up a long time ago. So, you're seeing you're seeing URLs get longer. You're seeing URLs that start to break the rule of having a dot com as people use some of those other uh, dot, dot radio suffixes. dot biz dot yeah. yeah whatever it is yeah yeah and and you can get quite creative for that especially if you can spell out your name with one of those suffixes you know that's that's a way to be creative yeah and also this. Uh, although although it's something that you definitely want to keep in mind and you don't want to get too squirrely with it, uh, uh, URLs anymore uh, are, are such a kind of plug-and-play thing that you can count on somebody. Not, you, you don't have to, uh, as, as much as you used to, have somebody say, oh, I need to be able to remember, you know, MickeyMouse.com. Now, right. it's, it's, since we're so digital, it's really a case of somebody, you know, pointing on it, clicking and add it to a bookmark or add it to, you know, put it on their RSS feed. There's a mm-hmm. hundred different ways. Chances are they're going to see it on social media and just click. Now they're following you on social media and right. they're, they're right. doing that. So first step is not to stress out too much about it and to give yourself a little leeway. Second step is you need to remember, uh, even though everything I just said, you do need to be a little bit smart. And the yeah. one that always gets me is hidden words, right? O- originally, this show was going to be called Comics Lab. But when we put it together for a URL, it said Comic Slab. 
And I didn't <laughs> like the word slab in our title. <laughs> Nothing says morgue like the word slab. So yeah. that's great. And it's too close to slab, which I'm always hearing <laughs> you know, in my daily life. So uh, it, I didn't I didn't like it. And and and, the, and there's lots and lots of uh, examples. Uh, the, the one that I that one of the ones that I absolutely love, there was an IT company that offered hardware scrap. They were they were basically reselling scrap hardware. Mm-hmm. And it was IT scrap which is a great name right it's, it's it scrap but when, you, <laughs> but when you went to the url it oh. said it's crap <laughs> oh my god that's like when i don't know brad do you know the story about the chevy nova when it came out in the 70s yes uh so in terms of unintended consequences so nova in spanish means it doesn't run it doesn't go yep and yep. so they tried to sell the chevy nova in mexico and people were like well what the hell i'm not buying that car why would i buy that car <laughs> buy our new car it doesn't go so i love the idea that it it scrap yeah it's it's crap that's amazing oh god now there's there's a there's a lot of different ways to do this and like the question asker pointed out uh, you and I kind of have two different minds because you don't use hyphens in any of your URLs. I don't, no. I have zero problems using a hyphen uh, because uh, it's easy to say. It, it, it's like I said, chances are it's you're going to click it instead of type it into a browser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got no problems using uh, In fact, I use lots of hyphens. Uh, you don't like hyphens. Talk about that. Uh, okay. I'll talk. Well, first I want to, I want to acknowledge that Brad's probably right. That 99% of our advice is only, uh, applicable or sorry, sorry I, I should say the, the advice that I would give you for the specificity of making it typable or memorable or easy to, uh, to think of is only applicable for 1% of the people that will ever put your URL in. Uh, I think Brad is right. For the most part, uh, people are going to find this by clicking on the actual link. They're going to find it on social media. They're going to find it on somebody else sharing it. They're going to click it and go, right? So again, Mm -hmm. most of this advice that I'm about to give you is only for 1% of the people that will actually physically type it in, right? It's far less than it was in 1999 or 2003, where everybody had to find every website on their own. So you had to get a website like pets.com and it could sell for an unbelievable (laughs) amount of money because that URL was so valuable. But having said all that, all the coast caveats, I do think brevity is always key, um, both because your readers uh, will are far more likely to have success typing it in if it is a short URL versus Brad is a big hunk and everybody loves him.com. Right. Like, which there's a lot of chances ago. for a typo there or, or, or that kind of thing. <laughs> there's a lot of mistakes you can make there. Right. So you just want bradstud.com. Yeah. Um, Although that also is a a found word, and it could also be read as bradstud.com. So even though you're (laughs) intending to say Brad Stud, you're getting Brad's Tud, which sounds terrible. Um, Anyway, so brevity is important. Um, I think also you want to make sure that you don't get or accidentally fall into cleverness around English language and potential misspellings. Um, for example, uh, leet speak for those of us old enough to remember it, mm-hmm. don't replace an E with the number four or something in oh, your, no one's going to remember that. It's going to, so for impossible. the 1% that they, they do go to type it, they'll type it in wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a hyphens, uh, it's one of the few things personally, uh, and I've actually never told you this. Mm. I personally think the hyphen was a tremendous mistake and I, I would not have done it with evil link. I think it. It adds confusion. I think there's a percentage of people that always misremember what is a dash, what is an underscore, what is a hyphen. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
uh, I, uh, or backslash for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so when you say evil-comic.com, people get to hyphen and they mentally have to go, okay, wait a minute. It's not the dash. It's not an underscore. It's not a backslash. Okay, so it's the one It's the one in the middle of the line, right? It's the one that's like a horizontal, like mm-hmm. H level. Okay, all right. Yeah, I know which one that is. And that's not everybody. I'm not yeah. saying everybody's dumb, but I'm saying like, uh, one thing that Brad, I think was Brad, said to me recently, he goes, think about the average person. The average person is pretty stupid. <laughs> now, to get to the average, that means 50% of people are dumber than that. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask them to remember what a hyphen is, you got to remember there's some good, delightful fans that you will have that are pretty dumb. Yeah. And they might not remember how to type a hyphen. I, I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. And so uh, I think making a URL as simple as possible, as clean as possible, uh, with the minimal possibilities for misspellings or typos is, is a, or potential alternate spellings, you know, like Pride and Prejudice, you could have the and, A-N-D. You could have it with a dash in Dash. I could see someone doing that. Mm-hmm. You could do it with an ampersand. You could do it with just an N. I could see like nine different ways that people could potentially write that. I don't think so, you can use an ampersand in a URL, can you? Oh, you can't? Okay. I don't well, think, all right. I don't think you can. Uh, you're probably right. It's probably there's, there's a limit to ASCII letters that can that can be used there. Yeah. Anyway, um, what I'm getting at is simplicity is good. I think uh, minim- minimization of character count uh, is an important one. So if you can get it, I, I would guess somewhere under 15 characters, that's just a ballpark. Then that's probably better than something that's 35 characters. Uh, and then as far as, uh, hyphens and dashes and lines and underscores, I personally would avoid them, but Brad has seemed, has built a beautiful career using one. So what do I know? Well, there's, there, there was a lot that went into that. And there was also, uh, uh, kind of what was available. And then certain, like after a little while, evilink.com uh, came came available and I think I snagged it. I think I use it somewhere around there. I didn't like it because the I and the L and the I all together there, the, the last part of evil and the first yeah. part of ink, it's hard to tell whether you've got it right because all those blend together, right? Oh, the, I will it, disagree. Wait, do you really own evil ink or evil? I have to evil... go back and check. I don't know whether I've got it or not, but I, I think I, I, think I bought, snagged it a while ago. Although I'll be honest, Evil Ink also has a potential for uh, misspellings as well. Because are you saying Evil Ink as in the inkwell, mm-hmm. I-N-K? Are you saying Ink as in the short version of Incorporated, which, by the way, is a, a, a shortening that not everyone is familiar with? Right. So that's a problem. Did I ever um, tell you about that that convention I went to? There is an Evil Ink with an I-N-K. It's done by Coheed and Cambria, which is a hard, uh, heavy metal rock band. Sure. Like. And and uh, all week long, they were at the same convention that I was at. It was Evil Inc. Inc. And across the hall was Evil Inc. Inc. I kept getting his groupies at my table, looking for uh, Coheed or Cambria, one of the two, and being very disappointed <laughs> with, with the, with with Brad the image that they were getting here. <laughs> yes, they were super upset. They wanted uh, they wanted nothing to do with what they were seeing. Uh, it was uh, it was a real uh, it was a real pisser. But uh, but yeah, that there is that. So that's why I I I have had no problems with evil inkcom over the years, I've picked up a whole bunch that I've used in different ways. Right. Uh, some of which, in fact, on this show, I think uh, you don't say. Uh, yeah, a lot of times you say like evilcomic.com or something like that. I've got a bunch that are set up just to be redirects 
that I use in, in one case or another when yeah. I'm what I'm having because there's some that are just easier to say out loud. There's some that are easier to put it in different places, and some that I'm I just I didn't want anybody else to have it. And for twelve dollars a month, <laughs> I just bought it and had it redirected. Yeah, that's why I own bradasatotalstud.com yeah. that, because I didn't want anybody else to have that. I want <laughs> I want that all to myself. So, uh, but yeah, I and also to the question that you might have asked or and or inferred but didn't ask in your question, um, why do I own sheldoncomics.com yeah. plural and drive comic singular.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer is it was the art of the possible. Someone had taken <laughs> drivecomics.com and so I got drivecomic.com. Yeah. And then in the intervening years, I think drivecomic came available. Like Brad, I was snapped it up. I have it mm-hmm. as a redirect. If someone accidentally typos comics versus comic, I think I have that one. I also think I have the singular of sheldoncomic.com. I believe I have that one too. And then a few years ago, sheldon.com became available and they reached out and they're like, hey, you got a thousand bucks? And I was like, sure don't. See you later. Uh, because at, at some point, I have enough uh, SEO energy behind the existing URL that I don't. Mm-hmm. I, it does, it's not a huge benefit to me to own Sheldon.com. Yeah. Although that is an infinitely better URL. There's no argument about that. Um, mm-hmm. The downside for me is that Sheldon also has an alternate uh, name in English called Shelton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do have a percent, a tiny percentage of people that get that wrong. And they're like, oh, it's with a D. And I'm like, all right, come on. Now. Um, so you're always going to, uh, you're always going to find who's the genius in your, in your yeah. audience. Um, and your URL will sometimes be a giveaway. But I think the, the main thrust of Brad's point at the beginning of this is still true. Most people will find your uh, website by linked energy rather than having to type it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for all the benefits of, and also, by the way, one thing we didn't mention, Brad, make it easy for yourself because over the course of your career, you are going to type in that URL yes. to a thousand different sources. And mm-hmm. I can't even emphasize how many times you're going to type that URL out in a billion different flyers that you're building in Illustrator, into posts on Instagram, into this and that. Every you're going to type that damn URL. Out. Yeah, so don't make it a 48-character URL. Yeah. Find something under 15 characters or less and, yeah. and make it simple on yourself, don't you think? Yeah, and and the, the, the bottom line is 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 to make make it something that you can live with like Dave said uh, and and but don't uh, don't let your paralysis from analysis set in mm-hmm. at some point come up with a domain name <laughs> make sure there's nothing hidden in it yeah. and uh, and go with it you know cuz it, it's it's literally one of those things that yes you want to put some thought into yes you want to make sure you spend a good solid weekend kind of thinking about this and then after you've made your decision don't second guess yourself Go forward, do the thing. It's not. It's never going to hold you back. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's going to be just fine. It's Get back fun. to making comics, especially if you accidentally stumble on a URL that really makes you laugh, like yeah. ComicLabCashGrab.com. <laughs> ComicLabCashGrab is a just keeper. By the way, because we're going to use that for every damn thing we ever do oh, for yeah. Comic Lab from now on. I love that URL so much. <laughs> we're going to get our money's worth out of Comic Lab Cash Grab. I guarantee you. It's even, <laughs> listen, I want you, if you're listening to this That's podcast. That's the best $7 we've ever spent. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, just do me a favor. Say it out loud right now. It's even fun to say Comic Lab Cash Grab. It'll, it'll oh make God. you smile saying it out loud. It sounds like a 70s game show thing. Like, all right, it's time for Comic Lab Cash Grab. <laughs> hey, if you're listening while you work, 
take a minute and stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we'll tell you why you should join us on Patreon. Because when you do, you'll get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on comic lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you get to support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And if you can't swing a pledge this month, no worries. You can still support the show you love by rating us wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with social media mentions, is incredibly helpful. And now, David, let's talk comics. Well, Brad, before we go any further, we got to thank our friends over at Wacom at WACOM.com, the makers of the new Wacom One, sponsors of today's show. Brad and I, of course, have been using Wacoms for, God, the better part of a decade now. Oh, yeah. Easily a better part of a decade. Maybe almost. Yeah, no, a decade, 10 to 12 years now. Mm -hmm. So it is a super appropriate sponsorship for the show, one we can wholeheartedly endorse. Uh, I now have God knows how many Wacoms in the studio between... The two here and the one. I now have three Wacom. So, Brad, yep. uh, I've got you by one. I've got four of them. I've got two in my studio, one at my home studio, and one for travel. Now it's just ridiculous. We're like, I'm using one to prop open this door. <laughs> like, why well, do we need this is, many Wacoms? <laughs> it is something to talk about because, I, I mean, two of those I've had uh, for close to a decade now or, or more. And, uh, this is not a piece of equipment that you're going to buy and then it's going to be obsolete. You know how when you buy hardware sometimes, you know, they, they, they like an iPhone, you, you, you know, every time at a, at a certain point, you know, one of those updates, all of a sudden your battery is going to start to yeah. drain or something. Uh, you know, you know that there's planned obsolescence in some of these hardware that you buy. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced that with a Wacom product ever. I bought those things and I keep using them and using them and using them. Yeah, my oldest Wacom, I it was such a workhorse for me that even when I got the new one, I ended up giving it to a Comic Lab listener here in Los Angeles. That's right, you did. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, we're hugely thankful to the to the sponsors and friends over at Wacom at WACOM.com, the makers of the new Wacom One. And Brad, I got a topic I want to jump into uh, next. Uh, you had brought this up in just a phone conversation this week. Yeah. And I thought it would be a fun one to bring on the show, you had brought up the idea of people stressing about, am I a spammer? Yeah. Am I spamming people too much? Oh, God, I, I'm feeling anxious about this with my social media, with my blogging. Am I spamming too much? And so you had a really interesting line about direct versus indirect marketing. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump in on that. So let's talk about that. As a matter of fact, today earlier, a true story, I saw somebody on Twitter saying, it's my birthday today, so here's my annual plug for my webcomic. And I thought, oh, sweetie. Oh, honey. My annual plug? <laughs> my annual plug. And I wanted to take this this guy by the hand and say, Okay, we need to talk. We need to. This is Brad, not something you save for your birthday. Imagine if you had a garden and you're like, "Well, it's time for their annual watering for those plants." <laughs> As you go out there and you see the twigs sticking it's just, up from it's the just dirt. wily coyote running through a desert. You're like, "Wait, what happened to my garden?" <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah, you're just. It's just death. Uh, yeah, no, you can't. And, and in fact, thinking about it like in terms of a garden is a really good way to do it, but. Uh, you see so many people who are so conflicted, so bound up about uh, promoting themselves 
that uh, they, they go way too far to one end. And it's because they're scared. In fact, you'll see people putting this out as part of their Patreon messaging. I see this all the time, too. It drives me crazy. You saying, I don't want to spam my Patreon backers. My friends, you cannot spam a Patreon backer. They are paying to get content from you. You cannot give them... <laughs> <laughs> too much of your content. Yeah, by definition, that is what they want. That's yeah. what they want. They signed up. They're paying money. They can't make it any more clear. This is like the girl that has a crush on you in junior high and you didn't get the hint yet, right? It's okay. Wait, why are you directing this at me? That I'm hurts, looking Brad. directly at you. Uh, she he, told I you, want everybody to know he looked right at me in the camera. She he didn't make you that in, broad. She brought you in the home-baked cookies for Valentine's Day and you thought, oh, she just likes to bake. Can I share a fun story about Gloria and I dating, actually? Yeah. Because this yeah. is how not a player Dave Kellett was. We Glow and I uh, uh, had a whole summer where we dated, and we would have dates that would last like 10, 12 hours long, right? Mm -hmm. we, would, we would meet up at like uh, 10 in the morning and just... We would go to the beach. We would hang out and talk in a car up on a on a hill overlooking San Diego. We would go to an In-N-Out restaurant or this or that. We Literally 12-hour dates, right? Whole summer of this. And every time at the end of the date, I would do the hug with the slow pull away and yeah. not making any moves, Brad. I hmm. was the worst. I just had no game at all, like just so insecure and shy. And then finally, at the end of the summer, we're about to go to college. College, by the way. It's not like I'm 14. <laughs> This is not fourth grade day. Yeah, this, this is, is not fully fourth grade day. day. This is like I'm an adult. I could have been sent to war at this point, right? And so, like, she looks up at me and she literally goes, "Are you going to lay one on me or not?" And oh. that was the end of the summer. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I guess yes. I will. will kiss you." Oh. <laughs> and then you become like an order clerk taking an order. Okay, that'll be one extra large smooch. And do you want yeah. lip with that? But thank God for her because I never would have made had the the mojo to make a move. I was uh. always so, so, and I I bring that up because uh, among all cartoonists, we uh, let's just be honest with ourselves. We no. were all the the shyer kid or yes. the kid that was a little more introspective, mm -hmm. and so we didn't make waves. And that's kind of why we stayed drawing off to the side when everybody else was doing the school play or going to the school dance or whatever it was. Because right. every one of us, if we're honest about it, there was a part of us that was a little bit shyer yeah. or a little bit more, you know, a little bit uh, more insecure, a little bit introspective, yeah, or introspective. I mean, I'm sh I know you for a long time, and I know how you know you're very you know personal about uh that sort of thing it probably you probably blushed taking her to a, such an explicit restaurant as in and out <laughs> oh man touche oh. the, the subconscious workings of dave kellett's mind oh. there would you like to go to in and out again you know and what's again? <laughs> and again you know what's funny my cheeks are hot just from that joke God bless America. Ah, oh, you're not wrong. Is the thing? No, you're I know not I'm wrong. not. I, that's the that's the sad part. Is I'm being absolutely honest. I so, get nervous just riding horseback. I'm like, oh, uh, this, I, there's I, something I, about this feels wrong. I've seen you close your eyes, putting your pencil into the pencil sharpener. <laughs> I have to put my special glove on just so I'm not touching the pencil. <laughs> So, uh, so, so because we're all in the same boat and because I know a lot of you are conflicted about, uh, yes. whether you're, uh, you're thinking, am I a spammer? I've got, it's actually very, very simple, uh, as to whether you're a spammer or not. Uh, and, and, and it can be, it can be, uh, lined up just like this. 
Are you using a direct line of communication or an indirect line of communication? A direct line of communication is, for example, an email. If you send somebody an email saying, hey, I've got a new book coming out. I'd like you to be join me in my Kickstarter, right? If you send a person-to-person email, now we're gonna it's it's gonna we're gonna delineate a little bit uh, uh, because I I know what you're thinking already. I send lots of emails. If you send directly to one person uh, an email that says I want you to join my Kickstarter, I want you to buy this book, I want you to do this thing, that's a direct line of communication, and you've got to be very careful with that because that's readily gonna be accepted as a uh, as a spam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing for uh, a direct message on social media. Uh, If you slide into the DMs on on Twitter, or if you send somebody a direct message on Instagram and say, I've got this thing and I want you to uh, participate. And, And by the way, even if it's a free thing, even if it's free, it's still spam because you're putting that other person on the spot. They might not want to, you know, now they've got to say, and now they've got to say why they don't want to download your thing. And it's very <laughs> uh, uncomfortable, right? It, it puts somebody on the spot. A direct message puts somebody on the spot, whether you're asking for payment or not, you're putting the person on the spot and, and nobody likes to be put in that situation. Right. 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 It, on the other hand, if it's an indirect message, you're not putting anybody on the spot because it's a message to everybody. You're saying on Twitter, here's my Patreon. You're saying on Instagram, I've got a Kickstarter coming out. You're saying on Facebook, you're not sending a direct message. You're sending an indirect message. And as long as you hearken back to Dr. Geiger's four C's, which are, Dave? Uh, oh, God, I already <laughs> forgot. I need that magnet. Creation, <sighs> curation, commercial, and kindness. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad we've made kindness canon now. I have, I have never been prouder. Yeah, I, uh, as long as you're remembering the four C's and you're not just always churning away on commercial, 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 you can use, you can hit that indirect uh, communication channel very often mm-hmm. as long as it's part of a good mix and you're never going to be looked at as a spammer. A direct message, you've got to be much more careful. There, that you're, It's a ticking time bomb. Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to fast forward to what you're immediately going to say. Well, wait a minute, Brad, on pro tips, you've already told us when you do a Kickstarter, you should use that function that you send an email out to all the people that participated in your former Kickstarter to tell them that this new Kickstarter is there. Of course you do. It's mm-hmm. that's the same thing as sending um, that that in the same way that it's impossible for you to spam a Patreon backer. Those Kickstarter backers, I've actually done it. Speaking of, uh, by the way, how do I know this? Because I actually screwed it up. One of my Kickstarters did a Kickstarter and got angry emails at some of the people from my previous Kickstarter because I didn't do this. And they said, how come you didn't tell us? Right, <laughs> and right. Like, and here I am. Well, I didn't want to spam you. Well, you're talking to somebody who learned through doing it wrong. Think to yourself, is it an indirect or a direct message channel? If it's direct, be very, very careful. You probably shouldn't. If it's indirect, go crazy. I also want to say, too, that uh, don't underestimate how self-selecting a lot of social media audiences mm-hmm. are, or, or and especially Patreon audiences. Uh, and here's what I mean by that is that uh, we too often err to the fact that people will self-select out. And and granted, that happens every day. Hundreds and thousands of people mm-hmm. are self-selecting away from Dave Kellett, right? 
But there's a few half dozen to a dozen to two dozen people every day, every week, every month that are selecting in like, oh, I like what this guy's doing. And because they're doing a balanced four C's of social media, Mm -hmm. uh, I I appreciate that they're sharing other people's comics or offering a little bit of a lift for my day or sharing their art that I don't mind that there is an occasional commercial from them. Because, frankly, I would like to get a book from that Dave Kellett guy or I would like to see what uh, uh, magnet he offers at Comic Lab Cash Grab. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so they appreciate that there's a balance. And what I'm saying is don't underestimate that they are self-selecting in to what you have to offer. And that includes your books, your posters, your website, your all the stuff that you're doing uh, because they like you and they would like to be have a little bit more of you in their life. And so keep that in mind that these are people that have actively chosen to follow you to 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 get more of you. They've opted in. And, yes. chan- and chances are on social media, they're not getting every little thing that you send out. So it's going to be really difficult for you to be a spammer to that person. That's the other. I mean, it's frustrating on social media that they don't get every message. I get that. Uh, I also happen to think it's a good thing. But uh, it, it's you, you can't become a spammer uh, to that person because chances are they're not getting everything that you put out. And I will tell you that the the time that I feel the spam, a spammer the most is when mm-hmm. I'm doing a Kickstarter because I just yeah. got done a few as you guys know a few months a few weeks ago rather yeah uh, doing a Kickstarter and it's 30 days of promotional like bang 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 the drum hey guys I'm doing a Kickstarter <laughs> that kind of stuff right <laughs> and you you uh, by the end you dislike yourself and you dislike the URL that you've been mentioning for 30 days and you dislike your project you're like ah, I just want it to be done yeah and Brad knows because I forwarded him the emails yes. Literally oh within the hour of that Kickstarter ending, I got yes. two or three emails of people going, oh my gosh, I'm just seeing this. How did I not hear about this over 30 days? Yes. And what that tells me is what Brad was just mentioning is that you think you are the worst spammer in the world. You mm-hmm. hate yourself because you're mentioning your Kickstarter. There's a big chunk of your audience that didn't notice, didn't hear it, didn't see any of it. Yep. Uh, only found out about it an hour too late. Now that and and you're like, what? I was hating myself because I thought I was spamming. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the world's like, this is fine. I barely heard any of this, so that's yeah. you know, yeah, that kind of thing. and they're okay with it. So, yeah. Dave, uh, speaking of speaking of questions, uh, you wanted to be a question asker for this episode. You had a question you wanted to ask our listeners. Oh, I did. You know what? So, okay, this came up with uh, two or three different people recently. Uh, we had the really fun one, Brad, that remember the saddle designer and saddle maker who had had written in about uh, designing saddles. And then we also had an interior designer uh, listener of the Comic Lab show. Uh, and there was a third person. What were they doing? Oh, they were doing like architecture, but a specific kind of architecture with bridges. Anyway, long story short, it got me thinking that, God, how fun is it to that these very disparate and different uh, art forms are coming to Comic Lab and finding what we're talking about in terms of living a creative life, making a living from it, yeah. keeping a balanced uh, a- attitude of, of joy and work in there. Is, are they finding it helpful in their art? So I just wanted to ask people, um, and this is everyone, including you as a listener, what if you are not in comics, just out of curiosity, what is your creative field? Yeah. Uh, I would like to know, we would like to know uh, what your creative field is. It's kind of fun to see what's helpful and what advice is broadly applicable to your creative field. So you could either, uh, uh, I think you can reach out to us on Twitter. That's a fun one over at Comic Lab Podcast mm-hmm. with the at on Twitter. Uh, you can email Brad and I, mine's Dave at DaveKellett.com, or uh, uh, you can email Brad, I forget what his is at the moment. Uh, Brad Geiger at gmail.com. 
Or uh, the uh, another ways are if you happen to be a Patreon backer, you can obviously go onto the Discord server or on mm-hmm. the, the the private Patreon forums there under the posts. Uh, but I would love to hear. This is just a personal thing. It's yeah. uh, I would love to hear what you're what you're doing. What's what's your creative life filled by? That's not comics. It's kind of yeah. fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 maybe we'll do a show a section on the show where we uh, go through some of the best ones, uh, some of the most interesting ones. Uh, and, yeah, and, and you can you can do a one or like to Brad's point, you can do a one or two sentence description of how yeah. it's helpful or why it's helpful because it would be fun to hear uh, what's applicable in different fields. Because by the way. This is something Brad and I have long advocated for ever since we were doing webcomics weekly. Um, as a creative who is working online mm-hmm. and also making physical objects that you will sell online and, and at Comic Cons, uh, do not limit what you keep your eye on to just comic makers and, and comics creators and comics artists. You want to keep in mind what's going on over at Etsy. You want to keep in mind what's going mm-hmm. on on eBay, what sculptors are doing online, what painters are doing online. Uh, what clothing designers are doing online. How are they structuring their websites? Because so many times, frankly, more than I could count, Brad and I have seen something in a very different field of art, but they're mm-hmm. doing it online. They're like, holy shit, that's a good idea. I'm going to apply that to comics. Yeah. So it's it's part of our larger spectrum of keeping your head on a swivel is what can I learn from painters, from sculptors, from clothing designers, from interior designers? Yes. Uh, and so in this regard, it's kind of fun to hear the reverse. What are those uh, art fields learning from comics in, in yeah. terms of what to Comic Lab. So do write in, let us know. We'd, be, we'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, you know, I've got a question uh, for you now. Okay. Uh, speaking of questions. And that is, uh, we've, got, we've gotten to the point in our uh, careers that we're, we're full-time cartoonists. We are mm-hmm. doing, we're, 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 we're putting an awful lot of time in at the drawing board uh, week in and week out. Uh, my question is, do you ever draw for fun? Uh, and, and or or even because I, I I know that what the answer is for me <laughs> and the answer is no uh, will it, it, if not do you think you ever will draw for fun again Oh my God this is a great question because I have actually been thinking about this and I don't know why the pandemic has focused this question for me uh, maybe because I'm just looking for joy but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I have uh, been thinking lately that. Um, there was a moment a week or two ago where I just wanted to draw something silly. It was, mm-hmm. a, I, I, but it was going to take me like four or five hours to draw it well, but I knew I had a very clear image in my mind of what I wanted to draw. And I thought to myself, it's, it's actually irresponsible to spend those five hours drawing <laughs> this thing. Yeah. I have so many to do's on my list of yes. either projects that I need to finish Kickstarter stuff that I need to fulfill, uh, future projects that I need to start planning on, comics for the day that I need to draw, mm-hmm. that it, it felt irresponsible, Brad, to, yeah. to take the five hours to draw purely for fun. And so I, I'm, it's funny that you asked that because I'm very much in the space of like, I don't know when I will next get to draw just for fun. Yeah. Uh, because on the times, uh, Glow and I, my wife and I are not great at uh, taking vacations, but when we have, I always bring, I don't know if this is you, I always bring all these art supplies. Oh, look at all the gouaches that I have, Brad. Look at all the watercolor you'll, papers that I have, you'll Brad. You'll never find another guy with as much gouache as Yeah, me. look at all this gouache that this guy brought on this <laughs> flight. And then I'm at the pool with a Mai Tai in my hand and I go, guess what I'm not doing for any of these four days? That's I'm not drawing right. a damn thing. Yeah. I'm sitting by this pool. And so um, I don't end up drawing on a vacation, even though yeah. I have the highest hopes there. Uh, so 
Let me ask you, do you draw for fun ever? Do you ever get the chance oh, to draw for fun? Not, not even a little bit. <laughs> and I, I don't have as much angst over it as you do, because I, I, when I do draw for my comic, I am kind of drawing for fun. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the challenge. I'm really enjoying the, uh, the procedure and the process and everything. I get a great deal of, of joy out of that. Yes. To the extent that the idea of drawing, uh, of, of drawing something just for the hell of it isn't as tempting for me as it might be because I, I, I have so much fun drawing when it has a purpose. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's really to the point that I, uh, I, 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 and as much as I enjoy that when I'm on vacation, I very much enjoy not drawing. I very much enjoy doing something completely different or even sometimes doing nothing at all or, or, you know, you know, going to a museum or something like that. There's other ways that you can feed your creativity other than that overt act of drawing. Right. To the extent that like, if I go on a week vacation, my biggest problem is when I come back, I've got to remember how to draw again. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? I, I, Where your hand is like, back, I think... it's like, I don't know what I've completely forgot how to make a line on a on an image. Oh, the pointy end. That's right. <laughs> yes, but no, I don't. I don't have as much angst over that as I as I think you do. Uh, I I I just uh, I I I don't know. I it, it it doesn't bother me as much because I do enjoy drawing when I'm drawing. Uh, the comic. I mean, yeah, I, on some level, you're right that this is this complaint is a little bit, oh, poor little rich boy, you know, yeah. like he has all these Porsches to draw, but he really wishes he could draw, drive that m- motorcycle, you know, like. Uh, I'm going to so, disagree with you. I'm going dis- to I'm going to disagree with you. It's not a poor little rich boy is it, it, it what what you're actually what's actually happening inside the mind of Dave Kellett. OK, is and and this might be a social media thing as well. Remember how we keep talking about comparing one person's highlight reel uh, to the other per- person's, you know, demo tape. Uh, in other words, you're you're comparing yourself to all these other people. I think you're actually feeling guilt over not drawing more and not and and, and you're thinking, oh. well, if I draw for a living and it brings me joy, which I know it does. I mean, when I say. I, I, I enjoy drawing evil ink. It's not to say that you don't enjoy drawing Sheldon because I know that's the case, but you're feeling guilty over the fact that you're getting paid to draw Sheldon and you started doing Sheldon when it was pure joy. And so now you feel guilty. And the only way you can try to assuage that j- guilt is to draw for pure joy again. But at the end of the day, you don't really want to. Uh, so I there there might be some truth to that yes yeah. but I think you also uh on, on the route to f- getting that conclusion yeah. I think you also hit another possibility that's actually very true now that you men- half mentioned it yeah. which is I am seeing other people's highlight reels of all these Instagram stories of other people sketching oh, for fun yeah. or look at this just fun uh ink uh, exploratory drawing that I did just for giggles right yeah. and I think Brad in my mind I'm like look at all these people drawing just for fun gosh yeah. darn it I want I want to do that too I should be but doing maybe that too. if I look at it from the flip side it's because they don't have a project at the moment you know what i mean nothing else to do like they're doing a lot of this free sketching boy that sure is fun but it's because they're not working on anything and that's why they're doing a lot of free sketches so that's the worst by the way if you (laughs) if you're listening to me it's the worst thing you can do to younger creators is put something up that clearly and i'm saying clearly took you hours to do 
and say, here's a fun little sketch I just whipped a out in a few minutes. A quick study that I whipped out. Here's yep. a little doodle that I doodled out on the back. Listen, we all take a look at that image. We know that it took you hours to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a it's a scale representation of the Sistine Chapel. Uh, that it's the nastiest. It's a it's it's cruel. It's malevolent to younger creators for you to put that up on social media and say, "Here's a little sketch." We both know what a sketch is. A sketch is in pencil. It's got the wrong proportions. It's got the eye way out of place. That's a sketch. What you just did is a finished illustration. And for you to call it a doodle is mean to younger creators because they don't know enough to say, look at that and tell you that you're full of shit. Don't you think, though, that that, that in itself is a form of self-defense mechanism? Because oh. this is a drawing that artists have worked really hard on, but they yeah. don't really want to be judged on it. So they yeah. go, oh, it's just, you know, something that I I threw together. It's just a sketch. It's <laughs> just a little something I whipped up. A little something. <laughs> oh, God, be, please like me. I happened to stumble near the pencil. So, yeah, I mean, here here's the thing. I, I recognize, Brad, that like yeah. you, I have lucked out. No, not lucked out. I work hard work. I, I, I got a career where the thing that I love to do is what I get to do every day. I get to draw for a living. Yeah. I physically, not just emotionally, physically enjoy drawing Sheldon pen and ink on paper. Yeah. I physically enjoy drawing digitally drive on a, on a Wacom. They're, mm-hmm. they're fun to me. Like, that is a fun process. It's the best part of my day. And so... Yeah, I mean, part of it is I have I have built a career that lets me do the thing that I truly get joy from. Right. And so, yes, that's that's enough, I think. And it's it's just hard because sometimes I want to be back at 18, no responsibilities. Whatever I draw is whatever I draw. Yeah. But the thing is that 18 year old got to his end goal, which was to have a career where he could do that all the time. You know, (laughs) that that 18 year old wanted nothing more than to be you. Yeah. And to be smooched. And to be smooched. <laughs> now that he's got it, you want 18 again. Let's be That's honest. Life. He wanted to be able to, he wanted to be able to smooch yeah. Gloria and he wanted to be able to draw comics all day. Oh my God. I was the same way. I was the same way. I wanted to draw comics all day. And smooch Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that was the joke you were gonna do. Yeah, of course and it was. You did it. I of walked right into that. You I know. walked right into that. So uh, now so, listen. Yeah. Dave, we've got time just at the end of the show. I think we can sneak in a, a Patreon question one more. What do let's you think? Let's do it. Yep, All right. So it. Mark uh, wrote in, and Mark's got a great question. He says, as I understand, you both have assistants, but for the sake of comparison, let's assume that all tasks are being completed by one person. What percentage of your day would you see yourself spending with pencil in hand, drawing, writing, making the thing? And what percentage would you spend on all the other business tasks? admin, formatting, uploading, conventions. I imagine the illusion from outsiders is that cartoonists spend their entire day drawing. That's why I chose this one, Dave. It fits right into what we're talking about. Yeah, it kind of does. But I guess I've never really heard what kind of split people have in the current webcomic landscape. Interested to hear your thoughts. Dave Callett, what do you, having just shared what you shared, in terms of time management, and I don't want to say a day because, man, our days are really different, but let's break it down over a week. Tell, tell us how, how the breakdown in time management tends to happen. Well, before I do that, can I say, as a kid who very much loved comics and read every kind of book about comics, from Mort Walker's Encyclopedia mm-hmm. of Comicana to Your Career in the Comics by Lee Nordling. Remember mm-hmm. when that one came out in the 90s? Oh, yeah. I would devour all of those because I was desperate to see what the life of a cartoonist right. was. 
not just how to do it, but like, how were they living? What were they doing? So I get this question because, yeah. gosh, did younger me want to know how they structured their days? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny to hear what the model that came in my mind at a certain age, because every cartoonist would talk about it, would be Mort Walker finishing Beetle Bailey for the day and then immediately golfing. And yes. like, and for me, that for somehow that triggered in my young mind, like, oh, that's the life of a cartoonist. By the way, I never wanted to play golf. I hate golf. I don't like golf. I'm shitty at golf. Yeah. I don't like walking all that much. Yeah. I don't like talking <laughs> with these same four people. I don't want to golf. But oh, something about I that. I would have been a great golfer if I didn't have to go out with three other people. Once I found <laughs> out if I wanted to golf alone, I had to get put in with a foursome. I said, I'm out. <laughs> Take your mashy niblick and. <laughs> well, the thing that pisses me off anytime I'm, God forbid, I'm enjoying a round of golf yeah. on the three occasions I've ever golfed in my life because as soon as I'm enjoying golf, Brad, this is what I feel. Oh, that group behind us really is coming up fast. Oh, we got to go faster. Oh, we got to speed this along. That group behind us is really, it's like, I hate a sport where I have to be rushed by like uh, some librarian behind me going, sir, you're done with that book, sir. Sir, you're done with that book. Let's put that back on the shelf, sir. Like, that's not fun. No, no. It's it's, it's all the things that is not fun, you know? Like imagine bowling where someone's waiting behind you so that they get to bowl. You're like. I just want to bowl. Leave me I, alone. I just want to try and hit the pins. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how, I don't know how we got on golf, but. Uh, <laughs> well, that was, was... It, that was Mark Walker's life, but it's not Dave Kellett's life. No, it's not Dave Kellett's life. And so uh, it is. I want to say, Mark, that this is a very applicable question because we have all built. A, uh, and, and one of the advantages too, Brad, I should mention this mm-hmm. in having done the documentary stripped with uh, Fred Schroeder for four years is we traveled around America and Canada and we interviewed 70 cartoonists, many of which were in their studios. Yeah. And one of the advantages that gave me is that I got to see that, uh, although I think it would be the case, no two cartoonists' career are alike. No. And some of them are drastically different how they work, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like Mel That's... Lazarus and, and, um, and, uh, and others would have this in- intricately built desk where everything was hung perfectly around it. Like, here's my T-square. Here's my ellipses maker. Here's, right, all the different stuff that they physically needed to make a cartoon. Yeah. Jim Davis, for God's sakes, had a had a, 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 a fireplace on a remote control so he could start drawing Garfield and go, and the fireplace would start up, right? <laughs> that was bitching Camaro. And I, I got to sit in Charles Schultz's drawing desk, and that was awesome. Yeah. And you could see the scratch marks over the years of that. What I'm getting at is they all had their unique, different life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so different, each one of them. And so I will tell you my answer, Mark, and hopefully this is helpful, but keep in mind, my answer is markedly different from Brad's. Brad's is markedly different from every other cartoonist you yeah. want to hear. So as far as the breakdown, I think, honestly speaking, I probably do about 25, 30% of my work week is actually drawing, mm-hmm. is actually uh, physically drawing the strip. Now, there's probably another two, three, four, five hours of week Oh, that's an I, that's an unfortunate metric that I went from thirty percent to hours. So let's do this. Yeah. Let's uh, let's divide a forty hour week up, and we'll do it this way. I probably spend uh, eight or so hours of a forty hour week physically drawing. I probably spend another three, four, five hours of the week physically writing. I'm either sitting in a chair, staring at a wall, which is part of the writing process, mm-hmm. or I'm actively scribbling in my notebook. Right. Um, And then uh, separate from that, there's probably another hour or two, which can only be described as administrative comic finish work. Yep. It's either coloring or prepping the file or noodling with stuff that I drew in analog that now I'm digitally fiddling with. 
And then I think uh, two thirds to a half, the rest is admin, which I include to be social media, uh, prepping the site, prepping the next projects, prepping the books, that kind of thing. So that's my rough breakdown. Yeah. Roughly speaking, it's probably a third to just under a half is drawing and the rest is admin. Brad, how about you? If I had to break it down, uh, I, I, I would say if it, let's say you've got five days during the week that you've got that, that you're working. And a lot of times I, I spend a little time on the weekends too, uh, more than a little bit of time on Saturdays, uh, quite a bit. Uh, but, I, but, uh, but if you had to break it down, uh, the first thing I've got to do is go back to the original question. I don't have an assistant anymore. We, we talked about, uh, having assistants on the show a while ago. Uh, I found out that really doesn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> number one, I don't like having anybody in my studio. <laughs> Like anybody being in my space <laughs> between this and the golf, we are learning that Brad Geiger is a misanthrope to the oh, ninth degree. Yes, yes, I just I really did not like having somebody in my space, uh, <laughs> which is the truth. Really, for Brad Geiger, hell is other people, isn't it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> you don't know how true that is. Uh, yeah, I just it, and and so then what? Uh, uh, the next assistant that I had uh, was a was a virtual assistant, somebody that did you know that never came in. Uh, but was only doing social media. And uh, what finally started happening there, it was social media and a few jobs. And what happened over and over and over is I would look at the the, the work and I'd say, ah, you want it done right. You got to do it yourself. It was, (laughs) it was never the way I, I, I could, I could only trust an assistant to do very rote things. Right. Like, like right now, what I need to do is something that uh, I brought up on pro tips last week, which is to make like a video introduction of my comic, like something that somebody could put play and give it, get an introduction to evil Inc., the concept, the major storylines, the players mm-hmm. in a video. Yep. yep. I yep. need yep. to do that. That's yep. going to take some time, time that I don't have to put into it. I'd love to give that to an assistant. I know it would never be right. <laughs> right, right. It would, they, it, they wouldn't. And, and part of it is like, okay, who's going to, you've got to be a evil ink fan. You've got to be an evil ink reader. You got to know all the lore, all the backstory. You got to know all this stuff to be able, able to even do something like that, because I need to hand off the entire project. I, I don't have time to write this. I don't have time right. to pull the images for it. Right. I need to be, I can't, what assistant am I going to give that to? There's, <laughs> There's nobody. There's nobody I can give it to. And 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 it kept so that's the stuff I really need done. Nobody's going to be uh, uh step in and do that. The other stuff that the mid-level stuff was always lacking. I would look at it and I'd be like, this is horrible. I it, this person that either has no aesthetic or didn't didn't apply uh any time. It, it it was it was it wasn't right. And then there was just the rote stuff uh and in some cases like I had uh, somebody putting together stuff for my vertical scroll ebook. Uh, that person did great, and I just basically ran out of projects for a little while for that person. But, uh, uh, but stuff like social media, mm-hmm. I, the problem there was he was posting and posting and posting and posting and posting Instagram, Twitter, this and that. It wasn't getting engagement. There was wasn't it moving was, the needle. It yeah. wasn't generating a heartbeat. And finally, I got to the to a certain point where I'm like, you know what? We're just not going to do this anymore. I was posting every day on Instagram. <laughs> Dave, I've got a thousand six hundred followers on Instagram. It, it's just 
It just, uh, whatever I'm doing, Instagram don't want. <laughs> I can take a hint, Instagram. I could, I get it. I get it. You, you don't want Geiger. You, well, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, I, 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 so I don't use an, a, 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 a uh, assistant because it just wasn't working for me. Right. And, and the right. stuff that they were able to do wasn't important in the long run. So uh, I got rid of that. And the, the end result is I think I spend way more time these days writing uh, than I do anything else. And, and, and I think that's a good thing. I, I, when I look back on my work, I think that I, there's the biggest improvements I've had is when I really concentrated more on writing uh, than anything else. So I do a, where it would have been skewed towards drawing uh, I, uh, before. Now it's maybe if you took a, a five day week, uh, let's call it five and a half day to be be fair to the time I'm putting in. I'd say two days writing, two days illustrating, uh, one day for administrating them and social media and all the other things that pop up, uh, and, and we'll call that a day and a half for administration and uh, taxes and doing this to the website and all that other stuff that you've got to do. I uh, will call that a day and a half. So two days writing, two days drawing, day and a half for admin is is probably pretty accurate if you uh, boiled it right down. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you should mention the five and a half day workday because I think that I actually have probably about a five and a half day work mm-hmm. week. And uh, I think that's accurate. And I, I, I will be honest, I don't hate it no. because... Um, I know that there's a big argument and I, and I should be following it that like put the pen down at five o'clock on Friday and go enjoy the weekend with the family. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I do. Um, but there are times where on the weekend, uh, the family is like, you know, I'd rather watch uh, Pokemon. And so I'm like, all right, Right. I'll go draw for a little bit. That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll get some work Mm -hmm. done. And, um, I don't hate it. Like I, and also sometimes when the kids go to bed on a Saturday night, if, if, if we were watching a movie and Glow falls asleep, I'm like, you know what? I'll go down to the studio and work a little bit. That's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm actually happy doing that. So yeah, it's kind of like uh, a nice little moment that you can steal for yourself. Exactly, you steal the moment for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does often stretch into about five and a half days a week. And um, like you, I think it's about two days drawing, and then uh, maybe another day writing, and then uh, about three or two and a half days of of admin. Yeah, I think that's probably a smart breakdown. I will say this. And and it just if you wonder about how sometimes that breaks down, I will say this: how many day, how many times have you made it to the end of the day and realized that you haven't done any writing or drawing? Oh, that happened to me last (laughs) week for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah, a big chunk of my days, many days in the last week was um, was admin, and it was a bummer. It bums me out. I and also I, I have to mention the two that I've I've tried to be kind to myself during this pandemic because I'm also wearing a lot more hats than mm-hmm. I would normally wear yeah. as a parent. Um, in terms of educating my kids during the day at the same time that I'm also trying to get this done. Mm-hmm. So this moment is a particularly bad uh, moment, Mark, for me to capture my quote unquote average work week mm-hmm. because life is weird as hell right now. Yeah. And so I'm also taking care of my uh, slightly older in-laws who are, you know, you're just trying to keep them safe in a pandemic. And yep. so anyway, uh, there's a lot of tasks that are falling to me and to my wife. And so we're doing our best. And so um, my work week is not my normal work week. And I normally would not, a work late at night anymore like I did in my 20s, but that's starting to happen a little bit again because yeah. I, I'm i trying to have to balance it out the school day with my day, and eh, it's fine. It, mm. it is what it is. But uh, it's funny, though, Mark, that you had mentioned the sort of idealized life of the cartoonist because um, that that 
doesn't largely exist anymore, ex- with yeah. a few exceptions. Penny Arcade has, uh, depending on when you capture them in, in their history, they have five to 15 employees. Mm-hmm. Matt Inman with Oatmeal has a half dozen employees uh, uh, with his gaming company and stuff like that. Um, but really, we're never again going to have, I think, the 65 to 100 employees that Pause at Garfield had yeah. in Indiana. And we're never going to have the two dozen uh, employees that, that Schultz had up in, in Santa, Santa Rosa at his place. Um, but uh, so the reason why they could live that quote unquote cartoonist lifestyle of like, I just draw the comic and write the comic and then go golf is because when you've got 65 to 100 employees, you can do that, you know? Right. But I will say this, Brad, I will say this. And this was actually a lesson that I learned early on from David Malky is to find joy in the admin parts of comics Mm -hmm. because it actually is a break from the creativity. And sometimes it's nice to have the rote task or the administrative task that doesn't require left brain, right. You know, you can switch from left brain to right brain thinking and vice versa. And I actually find that quite helpful in my work week. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice to have like a a honeydew list for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Because what happens is sometimes when I'm just absolutely at the end of my rope creatively and and I can't get my brain to kick in, it's good to have that list to say, oh, I need to do, you know, I need to update my email newsletter list or I need to Mm -hmm. do some tasks that are admin on the website. I need to do this or that. It's going to take a few minutes, but it's just this kind of thing that needs to be done. Bop, 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 bop. And you don't even have to be hardly conscious to do it. Those are good to have every now and again. And, And I do recommend making like a list of that because when you're in that moment, you can't think real good. And it's like, I know I need to be doing things, but I don't know what those things are. Have yeah. a list for yourself. <laughs> and and as, and as much as I was joking before about how Brad's a misanthrope, I'm a misanthrope too in the sense that like, I don't know that I would want that Mort Walker lifestyle where no. I pass it off and everybody else does the work. Yeah. Because I trust myself to the to a high degree, much higher than I would other people. Thank God with Beth, I found an assistant who's incredibly talented and incredibly mm-hmm. well-trained. Um, who loves uh, comics and and gets, you know, from on an intuitive level, how to approach the art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing is for me is that for, for so many of my assistants in the past, it was ultimately I would end up doing the task because it was like, I ah, trust me more. I'll just, I, yeah. you know, it's like I would hand them the task and then immediately pull it back. So like, I'll just do it. That's fine. I'll just do it. I'll just yeah. do it. Yeah. So I, there is that aspect to myself as well as a, as a creator in that, um, I, I like doing it and I trust myself doing it all. And so I don't mind the admin side of things. Oh, Mark, I hope that answers your question. I think it does. And now that we've answered that question, we can ask this question. Do you know what you've been listening to? You've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. Your hosts have been my pal who listened to my Pokemon song and became my friend. My pal, Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the creator of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. Get that hyphen in there. It's not a dash, not an underscore. It's a hyphen. Not an M dash. (laughs) Not an M dash. And my good friend, Dave Kellett, co director of Stripped and cartoonist of Sheldon at SheldonComics.com and Plural. Drive at DriveComic Singular.com. <laughs> and the Comic Club theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at TheWorldRecord.net. I highly recommend it. Amazing music. Mm. And this episode was edited by Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions. 
over at www.woodsong.media. If you love Comic Lab, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and you may hear your review featured on a future episode like this one. This one comes in from Kay Rose. I believe Kay posted this on Twitter. Kay said, let me once again recommend Comic Lab Podcast to all the artists out there. I finished the latest episode today, and I just appreciate this podcast so much. Thank you for having an episode on mental health and continuing to normalize the conversation in the art world. We need more podcasts like this. And uh, that, obviously, she was talking about the uh, show with Erica Moen we had on a few weeks ago. Uh, We've been getting nothing but uh, wonderful remarks uh, saying how good Erica was on that show, how wonderful it was that she shared that story, gave a lot of people some interesting thought. A lot of people walked away saying, you know what, I didn't think that that podcast episode would have anything for me, and halfway through I realized they were talking directly to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's true. So true. Uh, we've got nothing but uh, but love for Erica Moen. Uh, people, people have been uh, messaging us nigh on to constantly about how good she was so thank you so much and that is for that, that and that uh kind words were especially appreciated because we were so appreciative of erica coming on so yes. thank you for saying that yes and i will. will say comic lab is made possible by your support on patreon.com slash comic lab so we'll go ahead and say that twice comic lab cash grab.com <laughs> that's wonderful So, Dave, when you finally did get around to laying the lip lock on her, was it a good kiss? Did you did laying you... the lip lock? <laughs> laying that was, the that's lip quite lock. a way to say it. Laying the lip lock. <laughs> that sounds like a carpenter. All right, so we're gonna have to put the uh, we're gonna have to lay the lip lock around the edge here, and then we'll put the drywall up. But you got to lay the lip lock down now you first. Take a look at get... over there. That's a metric lip lock. We've got that from Canada. You're gonna have to make the adjustment there. Yeah, the, too many people don't make the adjustment for the metric lip lock. Anyway, um, so uh, when I finally. When Gloria's like, finally, are you going to lay one on me? Brad, I will be honest. So many things had to go right, none of which were my doing, uh, that I was able to eventually marry my wife. Yeah. I, I I, don't know that I was a good kisser to begin with. Did no. she actually have to, like, grab your head and tilt it to one direction <laughs> so you wouldn't just crash into her nose? Just, I, I... just take my lips off of her eye socket because I missed... <laughs> It just missed entirely. I just went in with my eyes closed, but with the lips puckered like a 1930s animated comic. I've just, I've just got the scene of, of Dave, you know, leaning in and Gloria, like one of those people down there with the when the airplane comes into the terminal with the big lights, waving you in. Bring it in. Bring it a little bit to the left. <laughs> she's waving. She, she's doing semaphore with flags. Semaphore. Oh, my God. What a great word. Good diction on your oh, part. Yeah, semaphore. My God, I brought That's a good that. word. I haven't thought of that word in forever. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I was, I don't know that I was good at any of that, <laughs> but uh, thank God for her and thank God for her willingness to tolerate my inability to be at all a good romantic yeah. person at first. She warmed me up and I got there. I'm, I'm great now, but oh God, little 18 year old me, who knows? Just, oh, just God. a nerd, you, a nerd lost in the wilderness, and Brad. Can you imagine what's going through Gloria's head when you, when you finally kissed her? She's saying, oh, thank God, no more 12 hour beach dates. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, he talks so much. Oh my god, I thought he he'd never shut up. I can't talk about the Pokemon theme song anymore. Just kiss me. Just, just, For God's sakes, just kiss me. Maybe he maybe maybe that's why she wanted you just to stop talking. Just maybe, stop just, talking. Just kiss me and then just, I won't have to listen to this anymore. Just I can't take it anymore. I don't care about the Transformers. If he's just stop me, talking. I don't have to hear about the Pokemons. 